Welcome, Mech Commanders, to another transmission from the Coolant Pod, where we keep you cool in the heat of Battletech. Tonight, we are going to bring you news about a major event happening somewhere out in the periphery. Seems there's a planet of some import called Detroit, and there's going to be an in-person MRC-compliant Battletech tournament there in the near future. So stay tuned for our exclusive HPG broadcast featuring our special guest tonight, Saul Roth, and an inordinate amount of pizza-related advertisements. So be sure your medical insurance is paid up and you have a good lawyer on retainer for any incidental war crimes you may be creating in complicit in out in deep space. So let's dive in. I'm Jeff, call sign Tweezer, and tonight my co-hosts are... Rick, call sign Nitro. Tom, call sign Pirate. And tonight, as we mentioned, we've got a special guest from the humblest, most honorable clan, Jade Falcon, here to hype his event and bachal us all into coming to it, Saul Roth. Saul, how you doing tonight? Gentlemen, thank you for having me. I'm very pleased to be here. Well, we're, we're happy to have you here. So, so tell us a little bit about you. It's the first time you've been on the show. So how did you get into to Battletech, Sol? Well, uh, it all started know, the many, many moons ago in the year 1995 when I discovered that uh, my family had the family computer upstairs in the corner room. And uh, I found this game called MechWarrior 2. That was my first ever exposure to the MechWarrior franchise, the Battletech franchise. Uh, I didn't actually realize it was a tabletop game until years later. And, you know, a little bit after the, the Clan Invasion Kickstarter, one of my buddies, you know, mentioned that, oh, yeah, there's a tabletop game after playing some of the Hairbrain Scheme stuff. We were talking about it and, uh, you know, just kind of fell in love with it. I got a couple models, started painting, heard about Southern Assault on the MechBay podcast and decided, you know, you know, YOLO, we'll just give it a shot. Went down there and played my first game of Alpha Strike in the Southern Assault Tournament. I mean, that's where we met Pirate. That's where we met Carbon. And it, the rest has been just a wild ride of uh, learning and painting. And it's, it's been it's been a gas, really uh, enjoying the intellectual property. Awesome. I actually kind of did the same thing in Nashcon. That was my first uh, Alpha Strike games last year. So oh, great. We are very glad to have you, and it was really cool getting to meet you at Adepticon last year, uh, sitting over a grinder table and stealing all your kills. <laughs> no, I, I have to say the community of the Battletech group has really made it the best. I mean, you go to these cons, you go to these events, you meet people, people from all walks of life, all you know, all flavors of folks, and uh, it's really what brings it alive and uh, I think keeps it interesting, right? I mean, we can all read stories, that's fine. We can all play tabletop games, that's fine too, but without other people to play with, you're just kind of playing princess and that gets dull after a while. That's true. I feel it's a lot like when you play board games and you don't have anyone to play with, that's pretty disappointing, but this is like a board game everyone wants to play with and you have to spend hours and hours preparing for each one in person. So it just builds the excitement for when you do get to get on the table and get headshot turn one. <laughs> There's a joke about playing with yourself here, but I think that might not make it to the episode. <laughs> All right, so Sauroth, I think I know the answer to this question, but what is your favorite faction, and just why do the Jade Falcons suck so much? <laughs> so yes, uh, I do play uh, Clan Jade Falcon almost exclusively, but not entirely. Uh, I have played Mercs, and I am secretly, not secretly, working on an Inner Sphere project that I will not discuss any further uh, until it is completed. But uh, why did I choose Jade Falcon? Uh, when I played MechWarrior 2, on the Windows 95 computer, uh, I always played Clan Wolf because I was young and I picked what I thought to be the cooler logo. And, you know, wolves are cool and I thought birds were kind of dumb. Uh, and then I, you know, took some biology classes and then the birds are actually awesome. But I didn't want to be the good guy 
in Battletech. And I know we always say there are no good guys, but the way the lore has been written, we know that the Fed sons are often given a lot of preferential treatment, Clan Wolf the same way. Uh, so I said, okay, if I'm going to sit at a table, I'm going to play a game. I want to be the most obnoxious, arrogant person at the table and have it be in character. And I just want to have fun with it. I want to be able to, you know, issue patrols, have people refuse them and get to yell at them over the tabletop. And that's really why I picked it. I also like the paint scheme for Delta Galaxy. I know people call them, you know, Clan John Deere, but I think there's something real sharp about contrasting colors. I just wanted to catch that vibe of people that are incredibly competent, right? Clan Jade Falcon is an incredibly competent group of folk, uh, but they always come short of their goals. So it's that struggle to win that I like. And even though they're always, you know, not quite making it, it really, you know, kind of tickled my fancy. So then you, do, you know, I dove in and never looked back. So I think this says something about your psyche, and we might have to ask your wife about this, and if you need help. <laughs> oh, we know I need help, but the question is, who can fix it? <laughs> Captain Morgan. <laughs> Maybe. So, what's your favorite mech? Uh, hard question. Tabletop, Alpha Strike, uh, Classic. What I mean. In, in what parameters period player's choice. Uh, it's tough. Um, if you had to pick one mech right now that you were just like, this is the one that I want. The gut reaction is, is the crab, right? The gut reaction is the crab. Uh, I like the crab 27. You got two large lasers. Uh, this is, you don't have to worry about ammo explosions. It's relatively quick for what it does and it can pack a punch at long range. Um, is it perfect? No, it's not. It, it has some, uh, has some drawbacks to it, mostly just not being as robust as, as I would like. I tend to play brawling lists. So I have these long range, large lasers that I promptly close into short range with and get shot in the face. So they don't, I don't use them to their full potential, but that's a, that's a skill problem on my part, but the crab is a very noble mech. All right. So that actually leads us into our variant of the episode segment that we've seemed to be skipping about every other episode now, but, uh, Pirate, Nitro, uh, what's something that you two have been playing with lately that you want to share with the audience? You want to go first, Pirate? No, I heard that breath. You got a lot to say. No, not really, not really. Uh, actually, I want to lend a little bit of time and a bit of the spotlight tonight to the Charger 1 Alpha 1. Cheap BV doesn't have firepower really, but Armor, sexy. Speed, sexy. 80 ton assault that can run at 8 across the board. And classic, I mean, I'll take that. I will take that. And it's cheap for the 900 and something odd BV that it, it is. Those five small lasers. Yeah. Small lasers galore, sure. But I don't take it for that. I take it for the kicking power. I think there's something on the tin that's you could also use it for. Charging. charging, charging, yeah, charging, no, for sure. He said just the kicking power. He's limited to just kicking now. He said that. Okay, Ronaldo or Messi, whichever tickles your fancy. Anyway, it's it, it, it's cheap. It can do all of that. Also, it has two hands, so if I need to, just push away. And that many people overlook that. That's it's key. Does does it have two hands though? No. No, it's it's doing it one-handed. Oh, I misread that then. I was under the impression it had two hands. 
is very disappointing because you can't pick up a club and go wallop people with it either. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, the charger is not good with two hands. That, that that's a feature it's missing, even though it should have it. Okay, touche. All right, pirate over to you. Well, the charger pairs really well with the Jaeger Mech success, but I'm pretty sure we already did that as one of the ones I did. So I'm gonna choose something else, and I mean. <laughs> I'm having a hard time going, wait, did I already talk about this one? So I'm going to go with a mech that I'm going to be using in an upcoming event somewhere in the frozen north called the Barak. And it's fun. I used it against Nitro one day, and I think he called it, uh, what was it? What did you say? Is a hunchback two on steroids or something? Pretty much, yeah. So it is um, a heavy uh, star adder mech that they gave to the clan Barak when they got absorbed. And it is a UAC-20, six heavy medium lasers, and a decent amount of armor on a 5.8 frame. Basically, you just point it at the enemy, go charging, and it gets hot. But when you have a potential 80 alpha strike, mm, yeah, I'm kind of enjoying that. Well, what, Barack, how do you spell that? B-U-R-R-O-C-K. Kind of like Turok, the dinosaur hunter, but with uh, some other letters in place. Gotcha. Yep. Oh, that's a name I haven't heard for a while. Turok. All right. Well, I'll jump in. And since uh, Saul picked a crab, I'm going to pick a hunchback. So I'm going to go with the, the hunchback 7S, which I am currently using in Falcon Heat. And I got to admit, it's not doing me any favors. Maybe I'm just playing it wrong. But this is a 6.9, and it actually can go 12 with its supercharger. Um, it has four ER medium lasers, two SRM6s, and a TAG. And it's got a Bloodhound active probe and an e Angel ECM suite. So it is uh, pretty nasty. But it does have an Intersphere XL engine and kind of low armor for the area that I'm playing it in. But since I wanted to try out some some Era 4 homing stuff, because I've never used that before, this seemed like a really good tag platform for me. Unfortunately, I just can't seem to figure out how to use it right. Not everybody can uh, master the hunchback. It's okay. <laughs> One of these days, I'll learn. One of these days, Sensei. I like the setup of it, though. Seems like a good rush in. It is, but so far the, the games that I've played, it's rushed in and found like three or four other mechs right in its path that said, hello, goodbye. Uh, okay. I have also, unfortunately, I, I'm using a, a variant that I've never used before. I'm using the Jupiter 4 for Falcon Heat. Uh, it's an assault mech 100 tonner with two ERPPCs, two LRM-15s with Artemis 4, and two Streak SRM-4s. And the last two games that I've played, it has been headshot on turn two by Gauss Rifles and I just can't get it off the ground. I, I can't make it do what I need it to do. So the games have gone a little rough. That seems like we need to be investing in some Morton Salt there. But I can understand that. That actually kind of seems a little undergunned for a 100-tonner. I mean, does it just have, like, super heavy armor? Uh, it's got 34 on the arms and 32 in the left and right torsos, 46 in the center torso. I mean, it's it's not a pushover. Um, that's a brick. Yeah, it's just I keep getting shot in the face. Did you close the cockpit door? I'll have to check. Told you about those valets, man. 
All right, well, on to the main topic of this. So tonight we are going to be talking about Motor City Mayhem. So, Saul, I'm just going to like let you open the floor and talk about your event for a few minutes and you know, go to town. Tell us, tell us what this thing is about. Tell us why we should be there and all the amazing things. And then maybe like, you know, how it came about. You, you mentioned Southern Assault into this, but, you know, a little of the history, too. Sure. So Southern I'm sorry, <laughs> Motor City Mayhem is a, an Alpha uh, Battletech Alpha Strike uh, tournament set with about 300 point value. Last year, it was hosted on uh, May 20th. This year, it's going to be May 18th of 2024. It's technically in Livonia, Michigan. There's a rule packet that should be out on the MRC Discord. It should be on, there's a local Discord and some Facebook places I've placed it that you can find it at. If you look for it, I'm sure someone will direct you towards it. Uh, the idea is have an Alpha Strike tournament. We do four games, two hours apiece, um, varying mission types that are blind. You'll discover the missions when you get there. The idea is just to get people playing games, having fun. The issue is the local scene was a little bit scattered and fractured. And I said, there has to be a better way to do this. So I made a discord. I started getting people together. We started hosting, you know, regular Friday night games at the local game shop. It kind of got kicked around. Like, what if we did a tournament? What if we actually put, you know, some effort together and, and made a real event? And uh, I had just come back from Southern Assault. And I said, man, that was a lot of fun. What if I can kind of capture a part of that, put a little bit of a twist on it and make it my own for the local Detroit group? Uh, turns out that people had a very good time. Uh, the first Motor City Mayhem we did, we had 24 participants. I'm hoping to have more this year. I think we're already at 14 that have signed up, which is a great start considering the event isn't for another three months. A lot of time to sign up and get lists done. You know, uh, just very excited to, to be able to do all of it. So this is the second year of the tournament? Correct, correct. Uh, also, I should probably state this. This is not to be confused with Motor City Mayhem, which is apparently also a Warhammer 40,000 tournament that I was unaware of used the same name. So it's not that. We're Motor City Mayhem, a Battletech tournament. Quick, get the copyright out on that. Right, yeah, I ought to. So, yeah. Uh, I guess what else would you like to know? That's kind of the That's kind of the nutshell. Yeah, I mean, that was a lot of the details on it. You mentioned, so why is it Alpha Strike and not Classic? Uh, mostly because that's what my experience is in. I'm better with the Alpha Strike rules than it is in Classic. I also find that Alpha Strike is better for larger sized engagements. It also plays a little faster. You can do, uh, you know, uh, two stars on, you know, three lances uh, in the span of two hours and have a real, a real close battle as opposed to doing that in Classic, which would take you four to six hours at least if you play how I play, which is having to look up rules every five minutes. Yeah, uh, you weren't that bad when we played at Adepticon. You, mm, that's generous. I, I try, I try. <laughs> uh, is there a theme for this? Like, is this tied to narrative? Is this tied to like uh, any kind of... No, it's a straight tournament with the idea being that we're going to have four different missions. But last year, it happened to fall on May 20th. Uh, and if you know your Battletech lore, May 20th was the last day of the Battle of Tukid. So I set the list building to be clan invasion only. This year we are advancing the timeline and we're moving forward to Civil War. This is one of the details that came up uh, with making the event MRC compliant, which uh, Motor City Mayhem this year is. Uh, we don't use force withdrawal, which is why last year uh, it was not compliant. But this year, since uh, season 
four has changed with the MRC rules, uh, this is now a MRC compliant event. So if you show up, you have to let me know when you sign up so I can try to make sure that the games are paired and recorded correctly so we can get those over to Sam for counting for faction points or even regular rank scoring games. We're slowly marching our way through the timeline. Uh, but other than that, there's really no theme other than trying to have a good time and, you know, have nice, friendly, above the belt games. Above the belt? Well, you get a pass. You're a pirate. But no, uh, we are trying to avoid some of the tryhardiness that you see in other tournaments. That's not to say people don't come to this wanting to win because they can and they should. I mean, anytime you are playing a competitive game, you really ought to give it your all. But there's a difference between playing to win and playing to ruin other people's good times, right? I, I really strongly believe that there's a difference in that. You can win and be gracious. You can lose and be gracious. Uh, and that's really the type of gaming environment that we would like to foster. At least try again, this was originally targeted as a as a local demographic, just a, a local tournament. It was never meant to be something so uh, huge. But this year we've got quite a few people. I think I've counted six different states and a few from Canada, making this officially an international Battletech tournament, uh, which is a, a fun detail. That's awesome. That's awesome. So you mentioned missions. Can you tell us about some of the missions here? I can tell you about the ones we ran last year, and I will tell you that I have a few new missions. The exact missions that you guys will be playing and in what order are going to be blind. You'll get them at the table. You'll have... Wait, wait. wait. You, you mean we got to read? You, you know we're the MRC, right? Yes. No read. Only YOLO. Well, then I wish you the best. Hopefully your opponents are uh, honorable folk, and they will tell you what you scored. But no, we are doing blind missions. I find it's a little bit more encouraging to bring generalist lists if you don't know if you're going to have to stand and fight or, uh, you know, run around and gather objectives. What I will tell you is that all of the missions are, they're symmetrical missions. So there's not going to be an attacker or a defender. I found that in competitive settings, if the objectives are not symmetrical, uh, the game can very easily be skewed one way or another. So the list building encourages generalist lists that can do a little bit of everything. And I think that puts people in a bind, especially at 300 points. They, uh, you know, you have to work to get all your tools in. So I see you've been through this before as a TO and you understand that asymmetrical missions are so hard to balance. Well, when we competed at Adepticon, you know, I played in the BTCC and I ended, up, I ended up taking second place in the BTCC Alpha Strike tournament, which was a lot of fun. But my only loss and the only reason I didn't get first place is because they had asymmetrical missions. There was an attacker and defender role that got made at the beginning. The mission was get your units, if you're the attacker, across the map and off your opponent's board edge. I had a dasher with some elementals. My plan was be the attacker sprint across the map and get off in two turns and get max points and win. My opponent had a hover tank with troops inside and his plan was roll, become the attacker, skirt across the map in one or two turns, get off the map and win. The game was decided at the first roll to see who was attacker and who was defender. And that left a real bad taste in my mouth because there was nothing that I could do. So I came in second place based on one roll. I told myself I'm never doing an, asymm uh, an asymmetrical mission again because it's just not fair. Man, that's hard, especially if you spend an entire day sitting at the table and, you know, trying your hardest and it's really just coming down to one single roll. And the best part is uh, 
I, I know the guy that I lost to uh, it's Bill and Bill's a great guy, you know, uh, been playing competitive tabletop games for a long time. So it, I wasn't mad at my opponent because it wasn't his fault. He played the way that he ought to have played. Right. It's just the design of the mission didn't lend itself very well to a competitive format. So, but that's why we're doing blind missions. So people can't tailor make their lists for one mission type. It also gives me an opportunity to pick what I want to do when it gets, uh, when it gets there. I, may or may not have all the missions picked out. I may or may not have all the rule packets written, but we'll, we'll get there. Just, it'll be done by the tournament, so don't worry. I appreciate not hyper-focusing because some of us that spend way too much time list-building would struggle to figure out, how do I add a recon special ability with cargo transport into this unit that has tag so I can indirect fire on that thing? Yeah, you don't have to worry about that. Oh, but he will. Trust me, he will. I've already sent my list in. I'm, there's a chance I might ask for forgiveness and a small change, but I've already submitted. That's fine. Look, so this leads me to another good point. Uh, lists are due the 12th of May by midnight. That's going to give me six days to verify lists and make sure that all your stuff is where it needs to be. I guess if now's a good time, I can talk about list creation and how we kind of go through that if you would like. Yeah, I think that's great. Um, and tell us why it's 300 points and not like, uh, you know, Wolfnet 250 or 500 like some of the MRC stuff is. Uh, I pick 300 because I found that in a two hour time limit. So I have not played a lot of Wolfnet. The sideboard element never really interested me, but I always thought 200 points was a little tight. I've since played in some Wolfnet events and I found that 200 points, it's almost frustrating. You have this nice 350 list and you can't fit all in. It, I found it very frustrating. And Southern Assault has 270 or 375, excuse me. So 375 for Southern Assault. And I thought that was, it wasn't too much for the way that Bobby has it set up because Bobby does a, a really great job. But Originally, it was kind of a Motor City Mayhem was a baby's first tournament when I did it the first time. My first event hosting it, we had a lot of players that had played their first games at Motor City Mayhem 1. So I wanted to reduce the point value amount to kind of keep the games moving a little faster. Uh, and I found that I think last year we didn't have too many problems with time. So it seemed like a good two hour window to get that stuff done. So uh, I'm hearing that rounds are going to be two hours. Correct. Two hour time limit on rounds. Or until someone gets tabled. In four rounds, right? Uh, four games, yes. Yes, four games, four matches. Uh, round, uh, I mean, when you say rounds, that could be turns. I guess rounds or turns, however you want to look at that. But yes, four. Fair, four, fair. Yeah, four, four games. games. Four games, two hours a game. Correct. Correct. So we're going basically eight to eight. Doors open at eight o'clock for meet and greet. Uh, last year, I was able to grab some uh, donuts on the way out. We'll be starting game one. I believe I have the time set at 8.30. Go from 8.30 to 10.30, 15 minutes for me to score and move things around. Then 11 o'clock game two starts. We break for lunch at 1. No food provided, unfortunately. I have to score and do stuff so I can't feed people as well. Then game three goes from 2 to 4. 4.30 to 6.30 is game four. I ask people to help clean up tables and chairs. And then we go for uh, awards and prizes, 6.45 until question mark. I have eight listed here because it's a nice 12-hour block people can plan on. But... I expect to be done by 7.30. I was more thinking, yeah, I've, I've gone out with you before. I expect to be done by like 2 a.m. Well, 
the tournament portion is over, right? Pizza and beer, that happens later. All right. Well, back to force construction. Talk to me about that because this this is like baby's second Alpha Strike tournament. I have no idea how to build a list. Sure. So really basically, you know, you get 300 PV, cannot exceed it. This year we are requiring that you designate a force commander and you uh, select battlefield supply points, which are some artillery, some air defense. You get five points to spend. You pick them when you submit your list and you can use them whenever you want during your games. We're limiting this to effectively combined arms. So battle mechs, super heavies, uh, you can bring industrial mechs pirate if you like. I know you're a fan of the. We're going to allow combat vehicles and some conventional infantry battle stuff like that. But no aerospace, no support vehicles, no alternate munitions, no formation bonuses, uh, and no pilot or special abilities. Also, experimental tech is banned. But uh, no more than 16 units per army, and no more than 12 battle mechs. So if you want to mix combined arms and such, you know we're trying to keep it under 16 so it doesn't get too crazy with uh, initiative sinking and everything else. But the tournament is going to use front-loaded initiative to try to solve some of those problems. And then some pretty basic skill restrictions anywhere between 2 and 6. One of the new rules we have this year is you cannot have any unit that is cheaper than 6 points. This is an attempt to stem some of the you know, two-point flatbed truck initiative sync choices people bring sometimes. So nothing cheaper than six points. If you have a infantry unit you want to take that's only four, bump up their skill to get them to six-point minimum. I appreciate the uh, the six BV minimum because as much as I love shooting field medics in Toyota trucks and stuff, uh, I came to shoot battle mechs. So appreciate that. Yeah, it's just it's trying to keep some of the, you know, there's a time and a place for those types of units and events. But narratively, it never made sense to me that a medic can jump out of a, you know, Toyota Corolla and then claim an HPG station by he's a medic. He help people and do no harm, right? He's not going to go punch a comm guard and take over the HPG. That, that seems like nonsense to me. So really, the only other thing you have to do, Jeff, is pick what faction you want to play. And we are era locked in Civil War. So go to the MUL have fun. We do ask that people bring everything they're going to need. So dice, pencils, we ask that they bring at least three to four copies of their sheets. If you are going to do MRC compliant games and you want to have those lists submitted, it is helpful to me to bring paper sheets and submit the entire paper sheet to me so I can cross-reference it later rather than having to do that paperwork up front in between rounds. I just like to take those papers and do it after the fact. All right, so I heard a lot of information there, and I'm still new at uh, Alpha Strike, but one of the things that struck me was no formation bonuses, which, God bless you, thank you. I got <laughs> just destroyed by combat intuition. Yeah, the, I have heard little birds have told me that they are working on and they're taking feedback on special pilot abilities right now, like Catalyst is, and they're in the process of possibly reworking some of those to balance those out a little better. So hopefully that means that will transfer over to formation bonuses because formation bonuses are derived from special pilot abilities. So the hope is that those will also get a rework in the near future because combat intuition is one of those that can absolutely destroy your game in, in a turn. So, but no, we're not doing that mostly just to keep it simple. I know people like to use Jeff's Battletech tools which is great if you're building Alpha Strike formations. It's really very helpful. It shows you what options you have to you. But this time, just go to your MUL, pick stuff you've got painted, put a list together, the 300 points, show up and have a good time. 
Well, and outside of that, most of the formation bonuses seem to affect your to hit number, whether it's you know oblique attackers or you know snipers or anything like that. So you're doing multiple attack rolls, so that kind of helps balance out a lot of what would have been a formation bonus, right? Correct. Yeah, we are doing multiple attack rolls. I know a lot of people advocate for rules as written, just straight damage. That's it will certainly make your game go faster. That is true. But I've always found that a little bit underwhelming, especially against high team units where you're just whiffing all the time. The idea that similar to classic, you have multiple weapon systems on a mech. I want to see my LRMs hit and my PPC miss or my Gauss rifle hit, you know, just separate some of that damage out a little bit. So I prefer multiple attack roll. I think it's a little bit more, a little bit more variety, right? You, you get, maybe you could do two damage, maybe you could do six, you don't know. But I think everyone can agree that multiple damage rolls is just straight garbage. Yes. So where can someone go to kind of talk list building and get some ideas about what they might want to bring? So lots of places. I know the MRC Discord is a great place to talk. There is a Motor City Mayhem chat channel in the in-person Battletech section. If you look under there, feel free to chat there about what you want to bring, you know, thoughts, list building. Alternatively, if you do find the rule packet, there is a link to the Motor City Mech Warriors Discord there. We also have, you know, again, you have to understand the Motor City Mech Warriors Discord is designed for local Detroit players. So we have, uh, you know, trade channel and chat channel and everything else. But there is also a Motor City Mayhem event tab, or we have the uh, list building and theory craft channel where you can drop in lists or parts of lists, talk about what you think you're bringing. We've got a lot of really nice people that are more than happy to share their opinions. Are you, as a TO, expecting to to see certain things as far as a meta, or would like to see certain things as far as a meta for this? So, last year, and one of the things we noticed, it, they, I look at Southern Assault because really I, I picture Motor City Mayhem as a very just a smaller, slightly different Southern Assault. It uses the assaults rules, if you would call it a, a format. Artillery seems to be pretty commonplace in order to deal with things like dashers or Mercury ninety nines. I added the BSPs this year so that if you want, everybody can take a thumper and everyone knows that everyone else could have a th- or a sniper shot. And the idea would be, or even a heavy bombing run, a light bombing, those BSPs effectively put one or two artillery strikes in the hands of all the players. So they should be able to deal with dashers and those fast high TMM movers without feeling the need to bring artillery because artillery rules can get confusing at times if you've got shooting, jumping, taggers, and everything else, right? So the idea is give people a couple of pocket BSPs to deal with those fast high TMM users uh, and not necessarily bring artillery. But Arrow IV, dang it, Carbon, Arrow 4 is not banned. Uh, certain special abilities like Bomb, a couple others, are are not permitted in the tournament. You can bring units that have those special abilities, but you can't use them. There's a full list in the rule pack, and I'm not going to waste everyone's time doing that now. But um, as for metas, it's funny. We've got some people that come from the west side of the state. Uh, they come from the Grand Rapids, Holland area. Their meta is high skill brawlers, and they bring like five guys. That's it. And a whole group of people showed up with these high skill, low unit count armies, and they did very well. I've seen people come with a whole bunch of you know cannon fodder esque you know units taking the full sixteen unit cap. They did fine too. Uh, the nice thing about it is there's so many different ways to build your list. I don't. I have not yet seen a single meta appear 
And my hope is to kind of do away with the artillery meta that seems to be creeping in places. I know WolfNet recently removed artillery because it was causing problems and basically becoming a meta. So it's still an option for people if they'd like to bring it, but I hope that people kind of stray away from that because artillery doesn't always feel great, which is why I'm leaning on the BSPs to hopefully fill that role. But if you want to, you can bring it. It's, it's, it's legal this year. If it becomes a problem, we'll change it. More of a single-use mechanic as opposed to something that's permanent on the field. Precisely. But but everyone has it, right? So no one should exactly. feel compelled to, to bring something specific. And honestly, I understand a lot of people complain about dashers. They are absolutely a pain. However, you can just shoot them. I mean, that's also an option. People, <laughs> people seem to forget you can just shoot them and they will. Do so just kind of hold out your arm as they run by and they'll fall over. <laughs> Collapse to a stiff breeze. Whoops. I'm just picturing like this WWE move is like, you know, throw them against the ropes and then hit, you know, clothesline. Yeah, clothesline. Thank you. It's the charger from the turnbuckle. <laughs> I will agree with you, though. Artillery rules in Alpha Strike, especially at Southern Assault. I was playing it wrong and ended up apologizing to two of my opponents later. I was like, I was hitting you on sixes. I should have hit you on seven. So I'm totally on board with limiting artillery. That said, I may have brought artillery in the list I submitted, but I appreciate that you're trying to diversify away from something that could be problematic. Yeah. And, and honestly, with the way that Catalyst releases errata, um, not, I mean, I, I linked the most recent errata packet in the rule packet, so you can find it online if you're having, you know, I will direct you there in the rule packet, or you can ask in the discord and someone will show you where it is. But the errata changes and it changed how it was written in the rule book a couple different times uh, to the point where everyone seems to have a different idea as to how those rules are supposed to function. And they're not wrong. It's just hard to get everyone on the same page. So if people want to bring it, I encourage you to read that rule book, read that errata and teach me. <laughs> I have an idea, but yeah. Uh, so we also <laughs> recommend that people bring the Alpha Strike rule book to the event as well. I literally just bought it three days ago. Fantastic. But yeah, I mean, if you know, people still confuse classic rules and they've been around for 40 years. So I can totally understand why a system that has gone through so much change and upheaval in the past few years has a, a few different opinions on how it should work. Steve, where do we go to sign up for this? So there is, uh, it's very high tech. It's a Google sheet. Uh, <laughs> you can find it in the rule packet. There's a sign up link in there. I ask for some simple information. I ask for your name, your email. How many games you've played, you know, just so I kind of get a feel for if I'm looking at a lot of veteran players or a lot of players and I need your t-shirt size. Um, and there's some bookkeeping information about when you signed up, did you submit your list? Have you sent in, you know, the ticket price and everything else? Uh, but I keep track of most of that. So really very simple. There's just a Google sheet you sign up on. And until we hit 36 people, which is the current cap, let me rephrase. I have enough supplies to let 36 people play in this in-person tournament without having to me go out and buy new mats or terrain. If we get over 36 people, I'm committed to making sure that everyone who would like to play in the tournament will have a seat to play at the tournament. I will go out and I will get additional materials if necessary. I just put down 36 because I needed to put a number down for how many people were going to you know, be there. So I will hope, hopefully fill those slots. Uh, we do actually have, this will be a Catalyst sanctioned event. So we're going to get some prize support from Catalyst Game Labs, which is pretty exciting. 
And I also saw that I think you said Fortress was helping to sponsor this. Absolutely. I've got, uh, truthfully, we've had a lot of help from a lot of different people. Which really work. Uh, Bobby over at Fortress Miniatures and Games has been incredibly generous in the past. He's, you know, he's promised to, to help moving forward. You know, I've been talking with Austin and Justin over at Deathray Designs. They've also been very helpful. They've sent over a lot of great prizes uh, that I hope to use again. We actually have uh, actually met one of the sculptors for CGL. He's actually local to me. Uh, he's uh, Matt Stinger over at Cross Electric Designs. He's got some really interesting stuff you can go look at and pick up. He's been incredibly helpful as well. So all of these people, have, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody. So if you're listening and I've forgotten you, I'm sorry. Um, but everyone has really come together to make this work. So I am extremely grateful that I can put these types of events on and hopefully provide people with a good time because, you know, I, I could not, it would not be possible to do it entirely by myself. That's really amazing. You've pulled that much together and it's only the second year of this tournament. I like to talk to people and apparently people don't find me horribly offensive or they're pushovers and are too polite to tell me to go away. So they, they, they apparently just don't know you very well. <laughs> um, yeah, actually when it, so I'll, I'll give you a, I haven't secured anything yet, so it may not come to pass. But what I will say is that I've been in talks with a couple of authors and we may have some signed books as prizes uh, in the prize pool. So we're going to hopefully see those happen. I need to hammer out a few more details before that gets solidified. But that's one of the, the prizes I'm hoping to uh, secure because that would be kind of neat. You know, everyone likes to come for prizes and trophies and to have something unique like that would be pretty cool. That would be pretty cool. Wow. I thought you said you didn't want us to be sweaty. What? <laughs> That's that's true. I probably shouldn't have said that. Oh, well. I mean, look, I want people to come and try it, right? The only thing worse than losing is showing up and having someone give you because then you didn't earn it. At least for me, I, I very much dislike being handed things because for me, if I look at a trophy, I want to go, I earned that. Even if it came, if it came in second or third, I did that. That wasn't given to me. That wasn't, oh, we feel bad for you. No, I earned that. And that's yeah. what I want. And I expect other people to do the same. I mean, I can't control the people, but that's what I would hope to see happen. Okay. Most of us in a competitive game are all going to feel that way. Everybody roll up their sleeves. Time to get sweaty. What are we <laughs> rolling? Because I just rolled snake eyes. <laughs> <laughs> You're supposed to roll 12s, man. Remember the right dice this time. I should have come talk to you a couple of months ago when I was trying to prep my event, so uh, I, I might have to talk to you for next year then. Happy to help, man. Yeah, I, it's organizing things is stressful, but I find a great joy in seeing the event go off, right? Last year, people had an absolute riot. I was very pleased to, you know, be able to provide a venue and, well, I didn't provide the venue. That was St. Matthew's pastor, and he was very generous in getting us the space. But, you know, uh, it's really, it really is nice to see people having a good time knowing I was able to put this together and uh you know provide that opportunity for them to play so i'm hoping to do that again this year and for the future years one thing that didn't get mentioned what is the cost to sign up for this so it is currently 40 dollars. i understand that that may be seen as a, a little bit higher price than usual but to put a little perspective on it last year it was 20 but in order to get a t-shirt it was an additional 15. Uh, so you're looking at 35 dollars for sign up in a t-shirt Everyone was able to go home with at least three prizes and a swag bag. So you're getting, I gave away a couple of uh, 
metalcore collectible tanks last year as every, everyone got two metalcore collectible tanks to start. Um, I'm hoping to do something similar this year. So you're going to go home with something from the bag and you're going to go home with prizes from the prize table. No one's going home empty handed. Uh, the higher you place, you get better choices, but everyone's going home with something. Okay. And t-shirts are included in the cost this year because most people got them last year anyway. Um, so you're going to get a t-shirt, you're going to get swag bag, you're going to get prizes and hopefully you'll go home with a trophy. I mean, that is the dream. The trophies are really cool. Uh, Death Ray Designs makes these little clear cutouts that I put on little bases. They they look pretty sharp. Well, nothing else. If you drill down $40 times, you know, 12 hours, it's a little like, what, less than $4 an hour for playing. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, we, we try to make it worthwhile for people's time. And, and, and really, I mean, everything costs these days, right? Prices are going up, everything. It, it's tough out there. And I'm trying not to price out people for a Battletech event, but, you know, mats, terrain, table rentals, hall rentals. I mean, it, it's just, it's not free. And uh, last year I was in the red by quite a bit. My wife was not very happy with me. She's in very, uh, she's very encouraging with my hobbies. I mean, she may hate how much time I spend on them uh, because I leave her with the kids, but, you know, she, she's very encouraging, but she's, you know, she made a point to me. She said, you know, you, if you keep doing this, at your own expense, how much longer can you do it? Right. So it, we had to make a couple of adjustments. If you want a t-shirt, it's going to be $5 more than last year. And I don't think that's an unreasonable ask. I mean, for what you said comes in this, that seems like a very reasonable cost of entry for it. Yeah, I agree. I hope so. Okay. We've asked through most of these questions. Um, so Saroth, what, You've talked a little bit about this, but what do you want from your players? Like, how can we as players, you know, contribute to making this easier for you, contribute to making this easier for everyone else and just having a good time? Really not much. It's just, you know, if you're interested, reach out. If you know people that would be interested, share the packet. I you know, obviously more outreach is better. Uh, when you arrive, just first things first, bring good attitude. You lose a tape measure, you need a tape measure. I'm going to have a couple extras for people if they need them. Other people have lent other tape measures. Uh, bring dice. If you don't have dice, I'll have a couple boxes of dice if you need one. You know, pens, pencils. Really the big thing is just bring in a good attitude and your sheets. Bring sheets. I don't know if it made it in the packet this year or not, but physical copies of packets printed off from MUL only. Uh, we don't, we're not going to allow, uh, some people like to use flex sheets or some electronic tracking, you know, tablets. Uh, we had an issue where, you know, someone couldn't get full visibility to the other sheets because it was on the tablet, the tablet was turned off and it caused a little bit of a kerfuffle. So just make sure you've got paper sheets, lists are open. If your opponent says, hey, I want to look at your sheet, just give them the sheet. You know, it's not a big deal. If it's, Mechs are going to die. It happens, right? So just share. And just, you know, bring an attitude of, of uh, you know, camaraderie and you're here for you're here for the love of the game. Sounds like a really fun tournament. Share, be transparent, be fair. Yeah, I like that. It, it, that's really what we need. To, I mean, that's one of the big things I try to promote is having a good time and encouraging. Just, I like to make the joke that Battletech is a gentleman's game, right? You want to play Battletech, you got to have the right mindset to do it. Because if you don't and you're going to show up and you're going to be mean or snarky or get snappy at your opponent, you're very soon going to find yourself with a whole bunch of pain and model to play with. So. I think it's important to, you know, you're going to lose. Take it on the chin. Yeah, it doesn't feel good to lose, but, you know, what, what can you do? Sometimes the dice go against you. But don't, don't 
you know, rub your opponent's face in it or don't, uh, you know, don't, don't blow up at the table. Cause that's just, that makes everybody's time bad. And that means me as a TO now I got to get involved. I don't want to deal with that. So just be nice. We should be humble and honorable is what I'm hearing here. That's the general theme. <laughs> Dare you refuse my vachal? Until the Annihilator punches you in the face with a PPC. Yeah, God. My poor Jupiter taking Goss rifles to the face. It's never healthy. <laughs> there were a few people that were coming in from out of town. Uh, where did the out-of-towners come to stay? In the rule packet, uh, there are hotels that are listed uh, that are relatively close. I mean, we're talking like a mile. Or, I'm sure there are other locations you could stay. You could look at Verbo or Airbnb if you wanted. But I just tried to put a couple of hotels nearby. I think there's a Marriott. I think there's a... I'd have to pull it up and double check it. But it's listed clearly in the pack as to where you could stay for accommodations. The rates are reasonable. Yeah, there's a Comfort Inn, a Hampton Inn, and a Best West that are I think the furthest one is 3.7 miles away from the venue. I'm sure you could find others, but I tried to pick the most, you know, uh, geographically centric and reasonably priced locations for folks to stay. For uh, anybody that is um, curious, last year when I went, I think we drove up the night, the day before we did Motor City Mayhem, and then we went home. So we made a long weekend of it, but pretty much we were entirely focused on this event and the after party. So even though you're in Detroit, eh, were you though? Because we just came for this event. So it's not like you have to budget why I need to spend extra time here, there, or the other. There's going to be a lot of time dedicated just for this because there's a lot to do. It, it, it is a 12-hour event. You know, I mean, we'll have to see what people want to do this year. But last year, you know, Pirate and some of the out-of-town guys, uh, we did go out to get Detroit-style pizza after the event. That was, I mean, I'm biased. I think it's the best type of pizza there is but we could talk about that all day. But no, so yeah, if if you want and you have the opportunity to take some more time, there are really cool things to see in Detroit. It's not as dangerous as everyone would make it seem. I mean, we joke about it, but no, there are a lot of really cool things to go see in Detroit and the surrounding suburbs. Uh, If you like history, uh, it's going to be May. You have to check the dates, but Greenfield Village is not very far away. If you like that, um, you know, kind of... Henry Ford bought buildings he never should have been able to buy. He literally bought Thomas Edison's workshop. He just bought it, tore it apart, and brought it up to Michigan because he's Henry Ford. You can't tell him no. But there's also the Ford Museum, which is really cool. You can go downtown to Greek Town if you like casinos, uh, Greek food. You can check that out. All sorts of really fun things to do in the city if you have time. If not, show up, play Battletech. There's nothing wrong with that either. I have to see if there's a Tigers game that weekend. Odds are good. Okay, so we talked to... Uh, one of the things I thought I saw in the packet is a uh, painting competition. Yes, so scoring. I guess we'll talk about scoring real briefly. Uh, there are three categories in which you can earn points in Motor City Main. You can earn tactician points. You earn these by killing the enemy and uh, doing objectives, right? So your basic game score is going to be your tactician. There's uh, sportsmanship. How friendly are you to your opponents? How polite, how jovial can you be at the table, right? It's just about being a good, being a good opponent, right? Winning gracefully, losing gracefully. You know, that, that sportsmanship, I think, is a, a big part of it. So I encourage people to do that, and you'll get scored on it. The third option is painting. If you're a good hobbyist and you want to show off your painting skills, there is a category for scoring for painting. There are, you can win trophies in those three categories. There's also the Grand Champion Trophy, which is the combination of all three of those scores. 
right? So the grand champion of Motor City Mayhem will be the best in painting, tactician, and sportsmanship. And then there will be, there are prizes for sportsmanship alone, painting alone, and tactician. So you can win, I think last year I had nine different. So there's a good chance that if we have 30 people, you know, with 30 people be going home with a trophy. And then there's the mysterious Golden Derby trophy, which uh, if you don't already know how that's scored and earned, you will, uh, you'll learn about that when you get there. So you're saying there's a chance. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Pirate Nitro, what haven't we asked yet? Uh, what major changes are there from last year for those of us that went? Sure. Great question. At the top of the rule packet, there is, in fact, a link to another document because we like links within links. It does have a change log. It's uh, got a short list of the quick changes. So list deadline submission is May 12th. We updated the rule packet to the most recent rule set. Big changes this year. Our new era is Civil War. We had a slight change in 3D prints and proxies in order to acquire CGL prize support. Obviously, they're a miniatures company that sells miniatures. They like to see people use their miniatures. Last year, we didn't have a, a bar on 3D prints. This year, we still don't have a bar on 3D prints, but CGL and Ironwind Metals models are encouraged. But again, we also recognize that you can't get some of these things. Sometimes they don't. I mean, the Ion Sparrow, right? I mean, that's a you know, Eocline era Mac or Dark Age Mac, but there's no model for it, right? Uh, they, they don't exist. You can't get an Ironwind metal model and you can't get a CGL model. So your options are either a paid, uh, paper cutout, but I think that resin prints look sexy, so might as well use those. But in general, you know, I, look, I don't have time to police everyone's table, but, you know, there has to be an official stance of encouraged official model. But, I mean, no one's going to come break your knees if you bring a 3D print. This is Detroit, not New Jersey. <laughs> we opened it up last year. It was battle mechs only. This year we are doing combined arms. So VTOLs, tanks, all that other stuff. Make sure you guys bring flak for VTOLs and a little bit of heat tanks. You can do that too. We are changing our initiative mode to front-loaded initiative this year. Solves a lot of problems with swarming armies. Another big change is we're changing the scoring. Last year, we had used some margin of victory calculations. People did not like that locally. So we're changing how we're doing it this year. We're doing division, which should be significantly easier than finding out the other stuff last year. We talked about the addition of BSPs. That is also a thing. And then another little rule that I thought would be fun. One person earned the Golden Derby Award last year. If that individual decides to participate this year again, he is permitted to bring one skill for UMR60 at no additional cost. So he gets one Golden Derby for free and he can field it. Some of, you'll understand more when you come, but that's why he's, he's permitted to take the Golden Derby. I like it. I like it. But again, it's only limited to that one player. And if he decides to, uh, I guess another, I guess the last and possibly most significant change is MRC compliance this year. Uh, so we will be scoring those if people have signed up and want to. There was talk of possibly receiving a Chevron patch. Uh, I need to get in contact with MRC Command about what that may entail and if we can actually make that happen. But the hope is to add another Chevron for your uh, MRC patches. This sounds like a wonderful event. I, I'm excited because I actually have signed up. Uh, my My wife said, yes, you can go. You can have a weekend away from the kids to go play. So I will be coming up there and I believe pirate will be too. So, you know, everyone that isn't even local to Detroit, uh, you can definitely come up for this. 
or down, whatever the, the case may be. Everyone's welcome. You know, we just ask that uh, if you are coming from out of town, let us know so we can try to make sure we get you hooked up. If there's a problem or you need a ride somewhere, we've got people that are, you know, willing to help you get to where you need to be. So if you have problems, you can always shoot me an email at citymechwarriors at gmail.com. And, you know, that's where you're going to send your list submissions to. If you've got questions and you don't want to sign up on the Discord because you've got 600 Discords and you're tired of looking at all the notifications, you can just shoot me an email and I'll answer any questions you have. One thing I will say, though, is this is six months away from Southern Assault. So for those of us that really enjoyed Southern Assault, this is like a nice little, you know, baby practice uh, version where we can test out some stuff ahead of southern assault Wait, why are you calling it a baby practice version we want to like hype this up to where it's the spring version and or maybe southern assault is just the fall version of motor city mayhem that's uh, those are big shoes to step into but no i, I get pirates it's a smaller it's a smaller tournament right we're seeing less people I, i'm not going to clear 88 people like Bob, bobby had over 80 people at, at southern assault 3 it was a wild time but uh, if i ever get that large i'll be in trouble because i'm gonna have to buy a lot of mats but no i i you know those are big shoes to fill, but Bobby does a great job and really inspired to try to take some of that magic and bring it home. You know, if, if people want to try things out, as long as it's uh, compliant with the rules, sure, bring it along. All right, well, Saul, is there anything else that you'd like to tell the audience before we sign off? I think we've covered just about everything for the event, but I mean, everyone needs to know that Clan Jade Falcon is in fact the most honorable and most humble of all the clans. And I proved this at Southern Assault because I managed to take the grand champion or the, the best overall trophy. So, I mean, it's, it's undisputed. It's undisputed. I mean, that is such a humble brag. Look, you don't know how humble clan Jade Falcon is unless we tell you, right? Otherwise you can't know you're just ignorant. <laughs> if we'd been a little faster, I wish a clan wolf player would have walked up and said, well, actually <laughs> it's funny. You say that I had brought bond cords for people that I was able to defeat at the tournament. And when I was receiving the prizes, Bobby, because I had won, I had to select quite a few objects from, from Bobby's pile of prizes. Uh, someone from the audience yelled, one of his bondsmen should help him carry his stuff. And Kevin, who I played in game six, sweetheart guy, without hesitation, he jumped up and he helped me carry all my prizes down the line. It was hilarious, but I had a very good time. So yes, parting notes, honorable, humble, Jade Falcon. All right. Well, on that note, this wraps up another HPG transmission from the Coolant Pod. Uh, Solroth, thank you so much for taking some time to come out and join us tonight. It was great getting to hear about your event, and I'm really looking forward to it, uh, even more so than I was before this show started. So I can't wait for May to get here. I'm very happy to be on here, and thank you for the opportunity. And for those of you in the audience, we highly encourage you all to come to Motor City Mayhem as well, uh, or if you can't. Um, you know, the, the MRC and other areas are just wonderful places to, to meet up to try to learn a little bit more about this game. So if you're new to the community, uh, please feel free to, to jump onto the MRC Discord. It is the best place to, to meet people, to play Stompy Robots going pew pew. Other events, we do have Operation Rat that is getting ready to start in the very near future. Falcon Heat has already kicked off. We've got uh, Jesty's event in April. We've got the Great Refusal in May. The hits just keep coming. Uh, and then just don't forget, every week, Tuesday and Thursday nights, we've got MRC Discord events. So 
they all are going to have unique themes, challenges, territory warfare, everything like that. So you really don't have an excuse uh, for a lack of opportunity. So get out there, play, participate, sign up for something, or at least try to get a game in, whether it's in your local community or with our online slice of the world. So thanks for listening, and we will see you in the next episode. Adios. Take care, everyone.